In these few days before Easter, Kirby Anderson shows you that the answer is the resurrection of Christ here on Probe. A key verse for our ministry at Probe is 1 Peter 3.15, where Peter writes, Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. Now, I want to encourage you to make this verse a motivator for your own walk as an ambassador for Christ. You might say, I am not equipped to make a defense. Surely this verse is talking to pastors and people like the researchers at Probe. But you know, a deeper look at Peter's letter shows that this is really not the case. Peter makes it clear that these instructions are for all Christians. In addition, Peter wrote this verse in the imperative tense, meaning that it is a command, not a suggestion. Okay, I want to be ready to give an account for the hope that is in me, but I need to be clear on what that hope is. Fortunately, Peter answers that for us in chapter 1, where he writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. So our hope is a living hope for an eternal inheritance reserved for us in heaven. If I am to make a defense for this hope of eternal life, I need to be able to explain why I believe that the source of this hope has both the capability and the motivation to follow through on this offer. So how do we get this living hope? Well, our hope comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Jesus' resurrection is the basis of our hope. If Jesus is not resurrected from the dead, then we are of all men most to be pitied. So any defense of the hope that is within us begins with explaining why someone should believe in the resurrection. The empty tomb is the cornerstone to answering most other objections that are raised up against the gospel. So for the remainder of this week, we will look at the evidence for the resurrection and how a defense of the resurrection is the foundation for answering many of the objections raised against Christianity. This has been Probe with your host, Kirby Anderson. Peter, in his first letter, tells us, always be ready to give an account for the hope that is in you. Kirby has shown you that this hope is the resurrection of Christ. Get your free copy of Steve Cable's transcript at probe.org. And join us next time as we reclaim and proclaim the truth, God's truth, here on Probe. Giving an account for our belief in Jesus' resurrection is the key to defending the hope within us. Several books have been written on this topic, and you can find a list of them in the transcript of this radio program on our website. Now, the evidence for the resurrection as a historical event is so strong that even Dr. Anthony Flew, until recently a noted proponent of atheism, had to admit, quote, the evidence for the resurrection is better than for claim miracles in any other religion. It's outstandingly different in quality and quantity from the evidence offered for the occurrence of most other supposed miraculous events, unquote. Now, one help to remembering the overwhelming evidence is to think of the 10 A's attesting to Jesus' resurrection. The first are the accurate predictions. Both the Old and New Testaments contain predictions of Jesus' death and resurrection. Numerous times in the Gospels, Jesus told his disciples and the Jewish authorities that he would rise to life after three days in the earth. 
In John 2, at the very beginning of his ministry, Jesus told this to the Jewish leaders. It made such an impression on the disciples that verse 22 tells us, So when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he said this, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had spoken. Second are the attesting miracles. Jesus' resurrection was not a sudden miraculous cap to an otherwise unremarkable life. Jesus had consistently demonstrated his authority over the material universe from turning water into wine, to walking on the water, to healing the sick, to the resurrection of Lazarus. His resurrection is consistent with the power he demonstrated during his earthly ministry. Number three, the agonizing death. Jesus had numerous opportunities to avoid a fatal confrontation with the Jewish leaders and Roman authorities. No one is going to go through a Roman scourging and crucifixion as a hoax. Jesus submitted to the cross because it was necessary to pay for our sins, and he knew that he had the authority to conquer death. Number four, the angry authorities. After word of Jesus' resurrection began to spread, the Jewish authorities wanted to put a stop to people believing in Jesus. Producing the body would have been the best way to do so. Even with the support from the Roman authorities, they were never able to produce the body. As a source of our hope, any defense of the hope in us should begin with our belief in the resurrection of Jesus. Let's continue reviewing the 10 A's attesting to the resurrection. Number five, the absent body. The chief priest set a guard around Jesus' tomb to make sure that the body was not stolen by the disciples. Those guards knew their lives could be at stake if they failed in their duty, but on the third day Jesus was gone. Once they regained their senses, the guards reported to the chief priests all that had happened. Why did they take this risk? Because they knew that there was no body to recover. No one has ever found any credible evidence that the body of Jesus was anywhere to be found on this earth. Number six, the amazed disciples. After Jesus' arrest, most of his disciples fled. It is clear from their reaction that they despised the cross and were not anticipating the resurrection. Two of his disciples did not recognize the risen Jesus even after he was teaching them the scriptures related to himself. Their skepticism and shock show that they clearly were not part of some pre-planned hoax. Number seven, the agreeing eyewitnesses. After his resurrection, Jesus appeared to over 500 people. They testified to his resurrection. We do not have a record of anyone disputing their testimony saying, I was there with them and it was a hoax. Number eight, the apostolic martyrs. People don't die for something they know to be a hoax. Yet many of these eyewitnesses accepted death rather than deny the resurrection of Jesus. Number nine, the agnostic historians. Contemporary non-Christian historians reported that Jesus was reputed to have risen from the dead and that his followers were willing to die rather than recant their belief in Jesus. And number 10, the attestation of the Spirit. Over the centuries, the Holy Spirit continues to convict unbelievers and assure believers that Jesus is the risen Son of God. We don't have to believe in the resurrection in spite of the facts. Instead, we believe in the resurrection in light of the facts. If you can defend your belief in the resurrection, then you are already positioned to respond to other questions people may have about your faith. The evidence for Jesus' resurrection is the key to making a defense for our living hope. Let's consider some common objections to Christianity and see how the resurrection can be the starting point for a reasoned response. Number one, is there a God still active in the universe? 
Well, the resurrection of Jesus shows that there is a power that transcends the physical universe. A transcendent God is the only power that can override decay and death. As the Apostle Peter wrote, God raised Jesus from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. The resurrection of Jesus declares God's active involvement in this world. He planned it from the beginning and he performed it at the appointed time. Number two, what difference does God make to my life? Well, the resurrection of Jesus shows that he lives into eternity and that we have the prospect of life beyond this world. Knowing we have a soul that continues beyond this world impacts our perspective on life. As Paul points out, if the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. But if the dead are raised, then we need to live with eternity in mind. It becomes a top priority to know the one who controls eternity, that is God. Number three, is the Bible really God's revelation? Every religion has their holy books. Again, the resurrection of Jesus confirms that Jesus is the source of truth. Jesus knows which holy book is actually a revelation from God. Jesus affirms the inspiration of the Old Testament. Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would lead the apostles as they shared Jesus' teaching through the New Testament. The Gospel of John states, So when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he said this, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had spoken. If the resurrection of Jesus caused his disciples to believe the Bible, it is certainly sufficient to cause me to believe. And number four, I am too insignificant for God to love. Well, here the resurrection of Jesus shows the depth of God's love for you. Without the crucifixion, there would be no resurrection. His crucifixion cries out, God loves you. Romans tells us God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Being singled out for God's love makes you very significant in his universe. So tomorrow we'll look at some more objections that are answered by the resurrection. All Christians are commanded to be ready to make a defense for the hope that is within us. This living hope of eternal life comes through the resurrection of Jesus. By understanding the evidence for the resurrection, we have a foundation for responding to other objections. Today we'll consider a few more objections that are answered by Jesus' resurrection. Number five, how can anyone know the truth about life and death? Well, here the resurrection of Jesus gives us first-hand knowledge. He has been beyond death and returned. His knowledge transcends this physical universe. Jesus gave us an eyewitness for eternal life. Jesus told Pilate, My kingdom is not of this world. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Jesus testifies to the truth regarding eternal life. We can trust his testimony because of the resurrection. Number six, why should I believe that Jesus is God's divine son? Well, here the resurrection of Jesus shows us that he conquered the grave. No mortal can claim victory over decay and death. He said that I and the Father are one. His victory over death confirms his claim, crying out to the ages, He is God. As Paul proclaims in Romans, Jesus was declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. Number seven, aren't there many ways to God? Can Jesus be the only way? Well, here the resurrection of Jesus shows that Jesus is really, in a sense, in a class by himself. Jesus' victory over death clearly shows that he is a way to God. His crucifixion shows that he is the only way to God. If there were multiple ways to God, Jesus would not have to have gone to the cross. He allowed himself to be subjected to death because it was necessary for our redemption. 
In addition, Jesus clearly stated that no one comes to the Father except through Him. So as we have shown this week, once someone accepts the resurrection, many other barriers to accepting Christ are torn down. Now a transcript of this radio program is on our website to help you remember the 10 A's attesting to the resurrection and to see how the resurrection answers even more objections. May what John said of the disciples be true of us as well. So when he was raised from the dead, they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had spoken.